Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome to the PKN Packaging News Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Hewson, Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN Packaging News and the host of the show. G'day, Lindy. How are you going today? And uh, who's our guest for today? Oh, Grant, I'm doing exceptionally well, mostly because of who our guest is today. So today joining us on the show is Kath Cornagia, and she is the Commercial Director for Labels and Packaging Materials at Avery Dennison. And um, it's a very exciting week for Kath because there's going to be a facility opening, which we'll discuss later. But most importantly, the reason I have her on the show today is because she's just written a very good article for PK and Packaging News, which is coming out in our September-October issue. And it was entitled, Regeneration, the Natural Evolution Beyond Sustainability. So something of that ilk. Forgive me, Kath, if I got it um, not quite on point. I wanted to know, Kath, welcome to the show, first of all, before I just go blasting off with questions. Welcome to PKN's podcast. Thanks very much, Lindy. I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> Great. So the burning question, what do you mean precisely by regeneration being the next thing after sustainability? Yeah, it's it's the exciting, the next evolution. So we keep talking about these sort of the buzzwords that have been around for a while with reduce, reuse, recycle, and they're really important themes of sustainability. And then regeneration, though, it calls for for new products, new business models, new supply chains, you know, where we need to actively replenish rather than just limit what we what we take out from the planet. I, we we sort of refer to it here at Avery Dennison as think about your environmental footprint and then replace that with an, an ecological handprint of wrapping our hands around the planet and how we can actually replenish rather than just deplete. Well, that certainly sounds very wholesome. One of the things that you said, which I really loved in this article, was you said, imagine a world where every product in your household is etched with a code, which is triggered when it is taken away by the rubbish trucks. And instead of consumers separating their products, we'd all just have one bin to put everything into. And the digitization of the supply chain will allow for this to be separated and repurposed with ease. So, is this, a, this idea of a fully digitized too futuristic or do you think it's within our grasp within a reasonable time frame? I think it's within our grasp within a very reasonable time frame. The tech already exists. We just need to organise ourselves collectively a little bit better um, throughout the entire value chains to bring it all together. But if you think about the Internet of Things, it's with us today and that's, you know, billions of things that are connected to the Internet. Um, and so this world that I'm asking you to imagine isn't too far from that. Um, the technology adoption is in increasing exponentially. So we just need to bring down the cost of putting triggers on everything, on all the stuff, um, and then it can be with us today. The underpinning technology of track and trace software exists, being able to bring those things together exist, but mostly we see it today existing in the silos of individual companies and in some extent to certain industries. But what we are envisaging is, you know, all the industries, the entire value chains coming together and, uh, and participating in this internet of things and a digitised economy really to facilitate the circular economy and, uh, and regeneration. Yeah, so collaboration across, across industry, across competitors is, is surely going to be key to all of that. Yes, for sure. Um, 
the, another thing you said in that climate chaos is looming, but intelligent solutions can help soften the blow. Explain what you mean by that. Yeah, without trying to be overly dramatic, again, I think <laughs> that this is where you're going to see a common theme come out here of smart packaging and how it can help us. And to better understand where improvements are needed, we'll need to gather more information on the environmental and the social impact. Um, of our operations and supply chains more than we've ever sort of had before. And technology such as our RFID, it's going to become mainstream. It'll be an enabler um, for managing these inventories and, and having that full end-to-end visibility that will help us to reduce waste and encourage these positive behaviours. So I think data is going to be at the heart of the regenerative regenerative <laughs> decision making. Um, so I don't think that any one action or solution is really going to be the key here. We talked about it earlier, right? It's about that having the data and then the collaboration of teams to bring it together to reduce waste, ultimately facilitate the circular economy and fight climate change in that way. It's going to require all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to include government as well. I would, I would say, I'm sure you agree with me. Now, in Australia and New Zealand, we are in a reasonably fortunate position. That's another point you made in the article. We're ahead of the rest of the world in our sustainability and our ESG ventures. And our governments are very vocal about the need for businesses to transform. But the important thing, and we'll stress it again, is that industry is not ready to do it on its own. Is that, would you agree with that? Absolutely. We need government to really help us um, in all of our recycling ventures and its solutions management um, across the board. So again, a regenerative, I can't even say my own word, regenerative economy, um, you know, does rely, like we said, on having the full visibility and then being able to make change with that. And for that, we need infrastructure and platforms to facilitate what the software and the data can tell us. So governments have got a huge responsibility to play. And I think industry together, together with government, um, we can really have an impact there. And we all need to be influencing our local members as well as our federal and state members to create that, uh, that step change in investment in the recycling infrastructure to, uh, to, to get us going, particularly in Australia and New Zealand. We're an island nation and we're far away from anywhere else in the world. And we can really be uh, leaders in that space and masters of our own destiny with the help of our governments. Now, specifically, label and packaging suppliers, they wouldn't immediately spring to mind when you think about the circular and regenerative economy. Obviously, you, you play a role, but how do you play, how do you envisage as Avery Dennison playing a leadership role? Yeah, I think we need to um, embrace the sort of the concept again of value creation through sustainable initiatives. Um, technological investment that's the place that we can that where we can play and have been playing for some time now um, that's going to be crucial to building a successful regenerative economy so you take a combination of material and digital solutions okay and these are the things that we specialize in um, a huge part of the of the waste problem and of the packaging waste problem right is the invisible waste that's just caused by uh, poor inventory visibility and overproduction. So we can we sort of envisage that a digital supply chain will enable this level of transparency that we've never seen before. Um, we can trace raw materials, inventory, and other industries 
waste recycling material to foster a truly circular economy. And what I mean by that is, you know, our own industries, we create some waste ourselves and then we look at how we can trade that back into our own industry. But other industries have probably got some of those solutions there as well. So if we can facilitate the platforms and even the conversation for that end-to-end visibility, from there we can then take each other's uh, lessons. I'm trying to give up on the word learnings, um, Lindy. I mm. believe it's unpopular. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, These we, words all get a bit tired, Kath. <laughs> they do. So I'm going to take some lessons um, and wrap it all together so that industry can truly come together. And so we see that our, uh, our expertise in both digital and material science is a real facilitator of this. So you as well have um, done quite a lot of research behind the scenes, um, working with uh, many companies, um, and you came up recently with a future of packaging report. Now, I don't know how much of that information you can, can divulge, but what were some of the key findings not learnings, findings of that report. <laughs> yeah, it was a really exciting project we did last year and we interviewed over 200 um, people, brand owners, futurists, all sorts of people who, again, sort of play in this space of trying to envisage 2030 and then 2040, what the world might look like and then where we could participate and play. Um, we have a real belief at Avery Dennison that the world isn't going to be like it is now and we'd much rather be our own disruptor in that sense. So together with that, many of the people who listen to your pod- podcast and have featured on it were part of our interview panels. Uh, many of the brand owners locally as well as globally. Um, we It all distilled down to three really key themes. So one was these re-engineered efficient value chains. So really, I, I keep talking about it, the digital connected supply chains powered by smart solutions. Some of those solutions, or most of them we may have today, but there will be others that we, we don't know about yet, uh, technology that's yet to emerge. The second really big theme that came out was delivering these maximum customer experiences by connecting consumers to brands, again, in hybrid ways, so that if you're in-store and your at-home experience can be new and exciting and have a really big impact. And you you think about um, the YouTube videos of unboxing experiences and things like that and how we can keep growing and maximising this consumer experience and tying it back to brands. So um, that was one of the the key themes. And then the third one was this holistic environmental impact, circularity, greenhouse gas emissions, food waste, ethical supply chains and how important that's going to be, not only to industry but to consumers and their choices will be very much dictated by all of those themes, not just one or two of them. So with that, we sort of had our three key themes to picture our future and start investing for our future, which uh, which we did immediately. So it's been an exciting uh, investigation and now we're on this uh, great journey to the future that we uh, can play a really significant part in. Now, you did mention to me that some of that investment has been channeled into uh, the labels and packaging arena. I want to look specifically at products, smart products like RFID and NFC smart track and trace solutions that um, Avery Dennison might already have um, rolled out and been successful in, in, say, an area like fashion retail. How is that now translating in the labels and packaging space? 
Yes, it's been a big jump for us. So our um, other divisions outside of the labels and packaging space have been successful for a long time, as you mentioned, Lindy. Um, and we're making inroads all the time now in the LPM division in different industries and different uh, use cases. Um, Walmart in the US is an obvious example where they have deployed RFID tags across their supply chain which is a huge project globally, all of their suppliers have to have RFID tags on anything that goes into Walmart. Um, and Avery Dennison have been uh, working very closely with that project. But closer to home, um, we've been working with a bunch of brand owners um, to deploy track and trace solutions. We partner with a bunch of system integrators. So we have some SI solutions ourselves, but our partners who have been doing it forever tend to be based in different and streamed industries and we work closely with system integrators um, and we work within pockets of industry like airlines, food, pharma, um, cannabis industry, those uh, medicinal cannabis. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> just to be clear. So that's where we've had the, the, the biggest traction so far um, mm. outside of the apparel space and as I said it is growing all, all the time um, then last year, as a company, we launched um, Atma IO, uh, which is a connected product cloud. It bridges the physical and the digital world. So it's kind of a software base to bring all these things together that we keep talking about today, the digital and the physical labels. So Atma.io is capable of creating, assigning and managing um, digital identities and giving them unique identities for every single physical item in the world. And how have your brand owner customers responded to this level of digitization? It's been um, an interesting journey. So Avery Dennison, I would say, typically is not being particularly recognised as being a strong player in this space. So it's new for us um, insert as outside of um, apparel. And in this part of the world, in Australia and New Zealand, it's really a brand new launch for us. So very excited with the PKN article and with this podcast today to really start to rebrand ourselves in this way so that the brand owners um, in Australia and New Zealand can start to think of us uh, in that in that place. So we've worked together with Adidas, with MasterCard, with a number of the big brands overseas um, with the Atma IO platform. So it's been very successful and that's been through the work that we've done, the relationships we've established through our apparel brands. So uh, now we're going to kind of commence that work here uh, in ANZ with, uh, with our local brands and, and pretty excited about it. So 2023, we'll see a lot more activity in that space for us. Good. Well, be sure to let us know as these things roll out because we'll be reporting on them. Now, um, one of the things that you have done as well is, which I think really demonstrates tremendous industry-wide leadership, is you're investing in that level of innovation um, from at, at that startup level uh, through your AD Stretch program. This is just getting off the ground now. Can you tell us what the program's all about? Tell us about the um, what the what the finalists that you've or the winners of the first round, what they bring to the table. Yeah, it was a great program for us, and again, it was born from the future of packaging project that we did. Um, we realised there's so much that you don't know. You know, you don't know what you don't know, and we did know that 
tech was going to have to be at the heart of it. So we launched AD Stretch, which is an accelerator program to drive in innovation um, within sort of the industry startup space across Asia Pacific. So we're engaging with, uh, I'm going to say young innovators, although it's interesting how many are not in, in age uh, young, but really young ideas that are just so exciting um, to solve the key challenges that I identified earlier, those three things. So we really wanted the startups to focus on disruptive technologies within the, the digital supply chain space, within the delivering the maximum customer experience um, and within with solving some environmental challenges as well. So they were, were the sort of three areas where we wanted the startups to focus their energies. Um, and we were able to, to come up with, we had 200 um, participants and we've come up with about seven finalists, one of whom I'm so proud to say is an Australian-based company, um, Seller. Um, and so we're very proud to partner with Seller in, uh, in a project that they are actually, the project is going to be done in Latin America um, with an Australian-based company, which is the joys of the digital world. You don't need to be physically located in the same space. So, um Seller deliver all sorts of unique customer experiences within the wine and spirits market. They deliver this sort of direct-to-consumer engagement. They also, as a background to the software that they have developed, it provides brand protection as well as track and trace solutions and supply chain connect. So they kind of cover all of the big three, um, but consumer experience is the one where they're focusing their energies. Um, Anti-counterfeit, anti security are all big key um, elements of the wine industry, particular where about 20% of the world's wine is counterfeit. So uh, seller and their fantastic tech has got a, a real place there and we're excited to uh, to invest in them um, and set some projects up so that they can grow and then we'll uh, hopefully bring it to uh, to some projects here in this part of the world as well. Well, I've spoken to the seller team along the way because we, we wrote that article too and gosh, they're very excited. <laughs> I think they... they um, <laughs> over the moon about it. So I, I really hope that that um, makes a real difference to them. Now, you've got another program called AD Circular. What is that about? Yeah, AD Circular is, again, it's about facilitating the circular economy and removing waste to landfill. So that's our primary driver with the AD Circular program um, in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we're primarily involved in that in the glassine liner recycling. Uh, so with labels, you sort of have the backing paper that is either um, glassine or typically PET. Um, and it's silicon coated and it's the silicon coating which means you can't put that paper straight into your, um, you know, your curbside waste stream. So um, we in various parts of the world have various, have different solutions. In Europe, our glassine liner waste can go back into creating new glassine liner. So it is sort of becoming truly circular. Um, in Australia and New Zealand, we don't have that local manufacturing, but we send our, um, our glassine liner to India where it is made into tissue paper, uh, which is itself recyclable. So uh, we've done all the greenhouse gas emission uh, measurements for sending that to India and going through that process and it's still significantly better than landfill but of course that's just a step for us in the in the circular um, economy we want in-country solutions which goes to your question earlier Lindy we need we are also talking to um, all sorts of tech and knowledge holders we we know that there's a lot of tech out there to for 
uh, recycling. Um, not all of it's been commercialised yet and we're working very, very closely with some of those companies and we also just need to do more work with government to make that happen. In-country solutions is where we want to get to and right now we have some outside of the country solutions and Matrix is going to be the big winner for all of us. So I'm very, very excited to look at uh, really solid solutions for Matrix waste, which is a particular bother in the label industry. So working uh, strongly to get some solutions for that. So on a broader level then or bigger picture level, what do you think leadership in or leading the circular economy actually entails? Because there are many companies out there saying, we are leading the circular economy. We are leaders in the circular economy. What do you think that means? Well, I think it means different things to, to different industries. Certainly for me, I think it, we used to see it as we needed to come up with a solution immediately, take the waste from our industry and create it back into the inputs for our industry, which is the goal in the end. And we were all a bit lost with how to get there. And so right now, I think we're all making much smarter decisions and taking smaller steps to that. So again, AD Circular is one of those. It's not the perfect solution, but it's a step in the right direction. In the meantime, it's taking waste from landfill. When I talk about um, having digital triggers and, and this, this magic bin that I keep envisaging where all of our waste gets recycled, that. So for me, that involves um, setting up new supply chains, new models of doing business. We could have waste auction platforms, for example. So as the waste is sorted, it's electronically sorted. We know each of the substrates that are going in through um, the sorting process at the MRFs, and then automatically that can go onto an auction platform and be purchased by either companies who want to turn it back into itself or into something else useful, and that creates that regenerative economy. It creates the circular economy. So for me, leadership in that space is now looking beyond our own industries and looking to create the collaboration, joining hands with each other to make it happen with our value chains. We've all looked inward for too long. Now we have to look externally and work together and work with government to actually create the change. So that all sounds ideal and um, let's hope that we do get there. And that's a, at corporate responsibility level. What about just you and me, Joe in the street, you know? Um, do you think people are taking their individual responsibility more seriously than before? I definitely think people are thinking about it. Um, I think people are taking their responsibility. I'm, I'm so proud of, uh, of the young people that we see, uh, certainly, you know, in my family and their friends and things. We are seeing people take more responsibility. And I, again, I think that it's easy to get caught up in this. It's a bit like COVID, right? It just felt so bigger than all of us. We didn't know what we could do. But if we all stayed home and we all put a mask on theoretically, you know, it was the right thing to do. And collectively, we could make it happen by taking small steps. So I think we can all play our part through supporting the communities where we live and where we work. We get planting trees is important. Putting things in the right bin is important. Raising that awareness is important. Um, and here's where I get on my on my feminist rant, um, oh, Lindy. <laughs> and I just say that, you know, believe it or not, I think that supporting the education and empowerment of, of women is one of the most significant ways that we can contribute to making uh, lasting change um, for all the everyday people out there. It is If every girl was to go to school and have access to reproductive health and education, um, the World Bank estimates that that would 
reduce our reliance on fossil fuel emissions by about 40%. Um, you know, educated women will have fewer children, they can have equal access to education, and uh, that, that equality helps us build much smarter, stronger and more resilient communities around us. So if we can all do nothing else, we can help by fostering respect and empowerment for girls and women, rewarding our male allies, um, and together I think we can all make lasting change just simply by creating inclusive and diverse communities. And it sounds, again, like really out there stuff, but it is so simple that creating awareness does build change over time and it creates, it changes communities and it's so important. Oh, we are so on the same page on that, Kath. And, and just hearing you speak like that makes me so excited that you're going to be part of our Women in Packaging event coming up in November, on the 10th of November in Melbourne. And um, there will be more to, to say about that in the future. But I also just wanted to talk briefly just before we wrap up. I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing you in person later this week because Avery Dennison has got a special... Uh, facility opening. Tell me about that. We have indeed. So yeah, it's a huge week for us, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there, Lindy. Thank you for uh, for making the uh, the trip down to Melbourne. Um, well, we we do live in the label industry, and we were sharing a building in Oakley with Australia Post, and uh, as the e-commerce industry boomed Australia Post needed to expand and we got evicted and uh, so, <laughs> so part of the eviction meant that we had to find a new facility which has just been wonderful so although we've had to travel a little bit further out of town we, we were able to come to a new development here at Moorabbin Airport and get a purpose-built uh, building for us um, it enables us to serve our customers uh, so much better our people so much uh, you know in a nice safe large environment where we can, um, yeah, as I said, just organise ourselves better to serve our customers more efficiently. So we've also got an, some really nice sustainable elements to this building. It allows us to showcase our wall graphics, which you can probably see uh, your listeners can't, but uh, we've got yeah, wall graphics yeah. all through the building. So all sorts of, um, you know, really good things about coming to this building that which will give our, our team here um, a boost and then also create some uh, much needed um, efficiency for our customers and some real value for our customers. So Thursday will be a, a really exciting day for us here. We've got a, an Indigenous welcome to country. We'll have a, um, a didgeridoo presentation. Um, some, we'll feed people and give them some goodie bags and just show them this fantastic facility, meet our team and see what we do. So a yeah, very, very big week for Avery Dennison in, uh, in Melbourne. Well, I'm really looking forward to it and I think what we'll see is pretty much what we've demonstrated here in this discussion today, that how how much of a disruptor you already are as a as a company and um, certainly that you, you you're walking the talk of regeneration in your own facility as well as and, and in your business too. So thanks so much, Kath, for joining us. I've really enjoyed our chat today. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Lindy. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Well, thanks, Kath. Thanks, Lindy. And of course, thanks to our audience for joining us once again today. Don't forget, if you enjoyed what you've heard, you can follow us in your favorite podcatcher to ensure you get every episode as they're released. We'll be back in the not-too-distant future with another informative discussion. But until then, have a great day. The PKN Podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. 
If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.